0: This is Mud and Chrome, an Altered Carbon podcast. And today we are watching Episode 8 Clash by Night. I'm Van Velding, and I just want this over with. Three, two, one. Last time, Kovacs was reunited with his sister. Also, she's a meth. Also, she killed Quell. Also, there's a gas leak in the future because everyone is getting more stupid. Just getting more stupid by the second i think we're going right 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 to the intro on this one there's no there's no teaser cuz we just got the reveal we kind of ended on a cliffhanger i i cannot believe that seatac honored their deal with her like she goes okay i'll betray the envoys if you give me um, if you give me, like, extra bodies... And then clothes... And there's one more thing they talk about later. Um... Maybe backups? It might have been backups, which... like, backups do you need? So... And she's like, yep, give me all of that shit. Now I'm a meth because I'm basically immortal and compound interest. Which is kind of what I assume makes all of these people wealthy. So... Anyway, her deal is, is that she wants to survive no matter what, and he wants to protect people and do the right thing, both of which are natural outgrowths of their character, and (laughs) she has no idea, she has no concept of of what she's done or why it's bad. And then she foreshadows something that happens later when she talks about how uh tac had him locked up and she couldn't get him out. So, she apparently, she apparently played Bancroft this whole time. Maybe she cultivated Bancroft. Maybe she just looked for the opportunity. So, <laughs> the plan was Dimmy was supposed to pick her up. She sent the frickin' cosmonaut. I'm no longer calling him uh, the Russian assassin. I'm now calling him the cosmonaut because he's Russian and he is spacey. Well, he was spacey. He's dead now. So they're just explaining like the mechanics of her bringing him up to speed on her villainous plot to bring him back to the present and manipulate Bancroft. And then he's angry at her because she killed his new family. And she's like, they were never family. We were family. Um. So they're just doing that whole bit where they each explain their points of views and he gets angry at her. So, yeah, it's backups. See, backups, money, clones. So why does CTAC do that then? You're thinking, oh, because she betrayed the envoys and they want to encourage people to do that in the future. It's incredibly reasonable. The issue is... He also threatens her life or whatever. So the issue is... Is that she vanishes off the grid and she becomes nobody. Um, except for these forward facing Methuselah faces that she uses for social events and whatnot. So if she's nobody, how does that help SeaTac? They gotta know on some level who she is and that she used to be an envoy. And she cries, I guess. Maybe maybe those are tears of happiness. Not 100% certain. I like this street set that they have and they keep reusing. Uh, Because it works. It's versatile. Because it's dark enough, you can just kind of change the lights and it looks completely different. You can probably throw some shutters in front of the police station and keep the view low and no one can tell the police station from. Well, I would say the Poe Hotel. But I think our external shot of the Poe Hotel is CGI just matted onto this street it's effectively done so lawyers here this lawyer keeps pushing so like she she pushed to knock in the last episode a bit too hard to undermine his authority and now she's here in the street gloating over uh ortega because she she cued the press in that ortega's involved in this underground fighting ring. Where she was a prisoner and forced to fight in a Star Wars prequel. So here Ortega doesn't get how rigged the system is against her. So she's going to go through a lot of motions here. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Sis just walks away, gets a lot of clones. She becomes a titan of industry, which is interesting because I make a joke about compound interest in these meths. Because heaven knows they don't get super competent at anything, and we learn other things about skills in this episode. Uh, there is a throwaway line about how Ortega still has a line of credit that Kovacs opened for her under Bancroft's credit line at the hospital. So she got patched up or whatever off screen. Now she's back immediately to work trying to get stuff done, and everyone's staring at her because she's freaking Ortega. She has been through a lot of shit. She's been hanging out with the terrorist. She got almost murdered in an elevator. She's going to cry now because she hasn't been able to process the fact that Mahmoud... Abud? Abud, I think his name is. I think his name is Abud. Died. Her last partner died. This is the worst time for Chief Tanaka to tell her that her new partner is a new rookie straight out of college. She gets dirty harried. I wish that happened. That'd be so fun. So, now she's, she's trying to look for Kovacs and work for the pain. And Tanaka's like, dude, Chill. Keep your head down. You're going full rogue cop. You're just like, look, you gotta survive the next couple days. You cannot fight this head on. So she she, she did totally break his back though, which I like. I like that they acknowledged that. I was bitching about that earlier. So, I, <laughs> you know, she's just like, so now she's gonna confront Tanaka. And you're like, come on. Take it down a notch. She's like, you need to all do the right. How is how has she been a cop this long, and she's naive, or she just expects Tanaka to resign? I was like, dude, I'm gonna take from the Methuselahs. They're the people who run things. Have you seen a government around here? I mean, we assumed it was laying low, but it turns out the government has been right in front of us the whole time. Not not in terms of CTAC, but in terms of. You know other things so and she just naively thinks that everyone's gonna line up and do that da, 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 the thing and they're just they're just not gonna babe um, you know like the job of people down here is to survive and Tanaka and the actor who plays Tanaka do this fantastic job of conveying that where he's like I'm I'm trying to do stuff. I'm trying to give you a line of credit, and, and you don't get that you're on credit, and that there's going to be interest for the check that you're trying to cash with your mouth right now. Uh, so anyway, the cop's finally sus- finally been suspended, so we can fucking get on with getting into our in game. We got like two and a, two and a quarter, two and three quarter episodes left, and um, we're we're finally getting to stuff, which is. His sister being a Methuselah, being the puppeteer that's behind it all, she's, that's not even our biggest twist yet. And so, is <laughs> like, oh, they died a thousand, t- a thousand years ago. And this is the first hint we get that Ray is fucking dumb as hell. She got a new body and the brain is all hammers. Because uh, it was last week for him. It's been maybe a week or a month so Quell died Quell exploded, she exploded and then he escaped and he went underground and then he ends up with another woman and a pack of stacks in a motel room and Jaeger kills him and blows her stack out and all of that happened so so maybe that was a month maybe that was a year, I don't know I assumed it was a couple of days they were fresh from the whole thing because they're, they're covered in blood doing something or the other and oh, hey, look, she's got a goya back there. Anyway, so, um, so maybe, it's, maybe it's been more than a month for him. Maybe he's had time to process this a little bit. We don't know, because our whole flashback episode really gave us the bare bones. It gave us enough, enough scaffolding to get us where we are now. It was sufficient. Oh, oh, oh! And here's here's where she gets stupider. <laughs> it's like. Is there, like, a future cocktail drug that just makes you incredibly moronic as hell? She's like, oh, yeah, so I had this intricate plan to get Bancroft to spring you as part of an investigation into his own suicide. And then I had multiple proxies who I hired to approach you on my behalf. Um, I have no exit strategy, though. I don't know how to close out this Bancroft deal. Could you just frame someone or something? I don't care. Whatever. It's like, what? What? She's like, yeah, bro, frame him. And he's like, you, you have a guy you want me to frame, right? And she's like, no, just pick someone. I don't give a shit. People are stupid. <laughs> um, just, just frame up an innocent person. It's like it's no big deal for you, right? It's like, bitch, are you crazy? And then, <laughs> and she's like, I'll just torture your friends to death over and over again because I own the torture VR place that you went to. And it's like, you you can't just explain the consequences of Bancroft not having it out here. Or how necessary it is to complete the deal. Or just say, yeah, I have a plan. She's just like, step one, convince Bancroft to wake up Kovacs as part of a convoluted plot to investigate his own suicide. Because obviously complete morons put Osama Bin Laden into the body of Bruce Lee to investigate fucking murders. And then step two is question mark. And step three is fucking profit and live with her brother forever. Because that's not weird. And it's just like, Kovacs, figure something out. Also, here's a guy to threaten innocent people if fucking your plan isn't done. She doesn't just tell him to solve a problem that she caused because she didn't plan more than one step ahead. She actually puts guns to people's brains when he doesn't do it the exact way that she wants. It's completely fucking insane. It's fucking insane. And and Ortega's just... praying. Just praying so hard to get one more step out of her story. Because we have always just the thin... one thread that moves us forward. Except when Kovacs added 100 and just deleted half. uh, 99 of them. But... Just, there's always one thread that we're just punching through trying to get forward. And this is Ortega trying to convince this guy. He's like, I don't want to do it. She's like, do it. And he's like, I don't want to do it. And it's like, the whole, the whole, the whole scene is just tedious. Where it is just literally, she's like, do it. He's like, I don't want to do it. She's like, do it. I don't want to do it. Just over and over and over. I'm glad that she got some blood out of the, her stupid attempt to punch uh, Kovac's ninja sister ray I guess her name is So therefore it's going to be DNA evidence which is going to get her to the next step of her her plot to just do whatever So I like the little elevator joke here because now Mustache Watcher is escorting Kovac Mustache Watcher was Methuselah 2's dragon it turns out he's Rey's dragon which she doesn't need because she's a goddamn ninja so anyway, we have a nice, subtle elevator conversation that make a call back to how he totally ripped up um, Ortega with his skin ripper guy thing, and we get Mustache Watcher's deal—his his vague pseudo mystical nonsense, where he's like, "Look, Methuselahs are incredibly powerful; they don't die. We we ask for them, ask them for protection. We serve them. How are they not gods? How do they not match the dictionary?" Definition. Like mustache watcher picks up a Methuselah twice his side and says, Behold a god. Like he's uh, Diogenes or some shit. So Um he makes the incredibly good point that the Methuselahs actually answer prayers. So it's it's interesting. Uh, it's one of the more compelling parts of an episode, which is incredibly uneven. Uh it's just so See, and then he says "Blessed to share her bone and blood as if it's, like, a genetic thing instead of not just, like, a you-own-enough-shit thing. I wonder if his religion has names for all the Methuselahs because he calls her She Who Endures. Um, it'd be interesting if they have one for, like, each of them. Like, maybe there's a pack of playing cards for all the Methuselahs. Because, <laughs> uh, oh, because he started going off on the religious stuff and Coex like, could you just attack me? And it's so great. I, I like that these two are gonna have to fight each other. They're gonna have to fight each other at some point. Like, the story demands it. And Kovacs is like, can we just fight each other already? Not that he's eager for it, it's just he feels it's happening. I feel like he took a genre-savviness drug at some fucking point. Um, so anyway, I, uh... She goes and she changes and cleans herself up, and then he gets things, and then... He's like, get the fuck away from me. I love you. I love you, but I never met you before. And then he also finds Kovacs for her because we got cameras everywhere, which I guess is interesting. But I guess he's in... Oh, right. He's still invisible in the camera. He's doing a live hack, so it just looks like Kovacs. Nice. That's a really nice touch. I did not catch it the first go around. And so he's going to get Elliot's wife, who he set up earlier as a dipper, a person who hacks... Uh, DHL feeds DLM, whatever whatever the people in the brains is. So so he he works with his sister to get a lady out of lock, out of prison, right? So he wants to get her a better skin because she's skin sick. She's in a white dude, and so she's she's sick. It's not her native skin. So (laughs) Kovacs is like Look this isn't good I want like her original skin So she can operate better To do the frame up That you need me to do To complete your plan And His sister's like I'm not a charity for your strays It's like Bitch what? What? Like you need him to do this Why are you suddenly tying his hands? And then Ortega comes barging through the crowd... And Mustache Watcher's like... I'm gonna kill this integral part of this plan If you don't get rid of Ortega... For some reason... Just for drama's purposes... For this fucking... Fucking... Penny-ante... Motherfucking trite... Lovers Romeo and Juliet bullshit... Where he has to reject her... just like... He rejected me... And then he's like... Oh, you're just interested in my body... Which... You know, actually, honestly, good question. Is Ortega interested in Kovacs? Like, if he were to be re-sleeved in another body, we should be like, oh, Kovacs, I love our time we solve mysteries together. And then they quit, and and Kovacs is in the body of, like, a 200-pound hacker, and they become private detectives together because she loves his detecting abilities so much, maybe? Is that what she wants? And then what happens when Riker gets out of the slammer? Is she going to be like, oh, it's it's like a two's company. Oh, I don't know which one to pick. Kovacs in another body with his amazing charisma, which this guy has none of. Uh, or, or ooh, the original Riker in Riker's body. It's, you fucking... Uh, what is your deal, Ortega? You guys just like each other because you're both in the middle of... Of of this thing, and and you're you're in the story. You're the pretty twenty something people in it. She she does a good job acting. So, do these just protesters protest all day long? Whatever. See, I I think I think we get a big we get an external shot, and I'm pretty sure that the the, at the Raven Hotel. I think it is. Is just CGI because it's just a big block, and you just slap it in front of whatever edifice you have there with with the CGI. So we're back to this. We're back to um, uh, the VR um, where where they rehabil- where Poe is rehabilitating Elliot's daughter because she was nerve cycle trauma cycle tra- trauma looped. She was trauma looped, and. He's teasing her self-defense to defend herself, which eh, is fine It's to feel, make her feel safe in the outside. So, whatever. One of the coming twists is the fact that I don't think Poe will let Kovacs leave. I think these hotels have a reputation for a reason. And it's just a really bad idea for him to be in there. So we're going to do this. This feels like super homophobic. Um, I mean, I guess we're just doing the thing where... Uh, Elliot's wife, Ava, is now in a dude because it's the only skin they could get and Elliot's all pissed about it. That like, I hate this. I hate this. He's got a big frown. Just like a big frown. <laughs> so, and I guess he's... Kovacs is in his own way trying to do good. It doesn't play to anything else because usually Kovacs doesn't give a damn. Like, she's the only dipper that he knows. So it makes sense. Um, I feel like when Poe says it's romantic, it's a laugh line that sucks. Again, I, I feel like there's an underlying, haha, he was. Uh, he, he's not interested in her in this body. And even though there's lots of overtly top-level gay stuff going on. I feel like it doesn't get deeper than that. There we go. So romantic. Um, I think the only person working this is the guy that's playing Ava who who seems convincing. (laughs) And of course because Lizzie was traumatized after Ava went into prison, she doesn't know anything about this. Because when you're in prison, you're just paused? Which seems weird. It seems like if you can put people in a virtual to change them, you can put them in a prison and not just freeze them, but rehabilitate them. There was an episode of The Our Limits like that. Um, wasn't... Oh! Oh! Demolition Man did that! Demolition Man, um, taught people skills while they were in prison. Uh, and that's why Sylvester Stallone's character was so good at knitting. So, yeah, I was super curious about this before we got to it, because they're all going to go into VR and visit, um... Uh, Nelly. Nelly? I forget her name. Uh, so, um, earlier we saw Kovacs go into VR, making himself look like Tanaka. So, does the person you look like in VR, is it based on your physical appearance or your self-image? And self-image seems completely reasonable because it's it's your brain that's going in there, right? And so... It should be how you think you look. So... Ava should be Ava in here. But apparently it's based on physical ability. Um, On on your physicality, which seems completely insane. So... I I like that she instantly recognizes her mom underneath the skin. I... (laughs) This ends up being a really good moment between mother and father and daughter where it's like, hey, this is a nuclear family. This is, you know, sometimes a family is a dad who's who's a repairman, a mom who's a dipper in a dude's body, and a daughter who lives in VR because she's traumatized. Um, I think it's good. I think it's a scene that really works. And... um. It's good. It's emotionally satisfying. I think we've earned this point with Elliot's difficulties with Poe and then with Poe trying to help her. And then we get a little bit of a hint that maybe she's regressing. And then because she she recognizes her mom, despite the fact that it's a dude's body. And I suppose that's necessary for this scene to work. And then she goes, oh, there's something different. And you think she's going to relapse. She's like, oh, your hair's different, which is just like this inconsequential uh, change Uh, again, I, I don't really like it. Um, maybe all of the weirdness about the sleeve plays up to this to make this um, slice of unusualness of the future feel more real. <laughs> so, I thought she was going to kick her mom's ass for a second there. So, I've asked many, many times, why don't AI... Run this world if Poe can just download you know the ability to do psychosurgery for a licensing fee um, why don't AI run this place and then it turns out Lizzie can train for stuff in virtual so now she's a marksman ninja as if this universe needed a fucking another one but why don't why don't VR trained humans motherfucking run this world instead of the goddamn uh, Methuselahs. I mean, I know money, but boof. Still. So here we get the part where this episode becomes the best episode. It's still going to be the worst episode because everything with Ray is dumb as hell. Uh, he gives a Kovax gives a great speech about how she was dead and she's broken and now Lizzie can be reborn and everyone's been destroyed and they're rebuilt. And we have to adapt to that, and it's a really great lesson that works with the envoyness, not overtly, but it feels in keeping with envoy lessons. Um, and so when Kovac says, "I'm gonna need you, all of you <laughs> I feel like it's on. This episode becomes good. It's a heist. I feel, I feel I don't it's like I'm watching a separate show. suddenly it's like, what am I watching? What am I Who are these people? What's happening? I don't understand this. And it's like, that I'm watching a completely different show with similar characters, but now our protagonist is making a plan to overcome challenges, and, and he's interacting with the skills of the people around him who are competent in order to um, move the story forward on his own terms and, and to beat bad people. Whereas up to this point, Kovacs has just been like a fucking paddle boat with no paddles and a set of rapids just hitting rocks, just blah, 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 blah. So, fucking uh, suddenly I feel like I'm watching an actual goddamn story. And he has plans and he he integrates things we've learned so far. And there's a little bit of shimmer in those chips which I absolutely love, which he doesn't touch. He uses his flask. And... I, I was angry at first. I like, what's the context for this? And he's going to gamble away the girl. It was effective. It had me hooked. I was completely taken because I never, for one second... Well, I thought, I thought this was a multifaceted plan. Um, when you do a multifaceted plan, you do different bits of it. So he'd push the stacks, tell them to reverse engineer Rawlings. Then they'd go back to dipping what's-her-name's DHL, DHS feed. And then they'd flip over to this... Because you understand how it's a multifaceted plan. So you don't just do this, this, that, that. You do this, that, that, this, that, this, that. So you alternate it up and you understand that different things are happening simultaneously instead of the Rawlings virus, which was used to kill the envoys, apparently works on AIs. And I don't even know what the hell that means. If all humans are just a set of code then are the AIs the same code but synthetically created <laughs> it's it's fascinating to think about so then he, he takes the poker chips because they're playing virtual poker in the virtual world again and Poe puts the Rawlings virus into the poker chips he pushes them over with a flask The the, sl- the sleazy AI from earlier takes them Gets Rawlings virus, and the AI dies of a virus designed to mess with human. I really forget the word. I'm gonna just keep keep calling them DHLs, the patch of electronic code which makes each human, uh, which makes up each human's consciousness. So, see now now we're doing the hacking, and it, this should have been slipped up there. So then they're gonna hack him into something different, and we do. I love it. I love it. He does the thing where he goes to the scene of the crime and he's gathered all of the suspects. And they they subvert that, right? Because he's framing someone. And he has no intention of solving this. Um, we don't learn the truth, I think. we. There's still a mystery at the end of this episode about Bancroft's death. Or maybe maybe they spelled it out and I'm only going to get it on my second viewing. I don't know. So... <laughs> I like that she's still pitching this. It seems consistent with her character. They have all the characters here. They got Chip. They got Tanaka. They got the lawyer. I forget the lawyer's name. Uh, his son. His son's here. Uh, wife is here. It's great. It does that great little mystery. The twist here is Clarissa. Clarissa, who's actually Rey in disguise. I guess she's the one who broke her the deal. I don't remember that specific person clearly. I think it is, though. Um... so she throws a kink in this so we're not sure if he's actually twisting the knife on her yet, we don't know what his plan is so anything can happen and then she's here and you're like, oh this might throw a twist in his plan and she's there for that exact reason, because he might be planning something against her and he might be throwing a twist into her plan (laughs) it's fascinating it's because the deal is is that um, he's put together these circumstantial clues and Bancroft isn't going to look into it. Bancroft has no fucks to give. Um, really, Bancroft is just playing. Bancroft wants his pet... Um, his pet envoy to do magical envoy stuff and tell him that he didn't commit suicide which we're all pretty sure that he did so here he weaves a tale where bancroft leaves japan he pretends he enters the sleazy dive he has captain tanaka call a report on the dive oh and it turns out that the the computer core suffered from rawlings so he went to the dot di- he went to the sex dive i guess And uh, he caught Rawlings. And it's like, oh my goodness, how did he catch Rawlings? Blah, 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 blah. So, (laughs) um, and they built this interesting narrative, which is based on the facts of the case. We know that he was dosed with Stallion, which is this male aggression enhancer, which is why he beat up his son at the fight. Um, And then also the regular, his son pretending to be him. I don't think we've still figured out where Bancroft was for that because this hinges on Bancroft going to Japan and then coming back from Japan. So then he focuses um, on the lawyer, whose name will be in the subtitles any minute now. So (laughs) so the deal is she wore a blonde for the business trip, right, because they needle cast over, which again, I don't get how the lawyer, who is not a blonde, sleeves herself into a blonde and for business trips, whatever sleeving into different sleeves is supposed to cost you money. Or not cost you money. It's supposed to drive you mad soon enough, but maybe it takes a hundred or a thousand because, again, the Sea-Tac officers do it. The Russian guy's been at it for a long time. So maybe it's just like a. Only Methuselahs can be super long lived because they're the only ones who can afford the clones that keep them from all of the. the, the madness. So here everyone turns against her. I have in my notes, in all caps, eaten by tigers. Where he, Kovacs weaves this elaborate tale where in the time that Bancroft doesn't remember, um, she she went with him to a soccer, she got into a blonde, Bancroft made a move, she rejected him, he beat her up and fired her. So then she use his anger to get to him she tried to use leverage, got fired and then um, set up this trap at the dive so that he would catch Rawlings <laughs> and she is an other, she is always an other and she's been trying for this entire show to get into their good graces, to work hard enough to get the power and the money and the assets to become a meth and to be cool like them and to be regal and dismissive and have contemptuous for grounders like them because they live up in the sky. <laughs> and this has been her entire goal. And she has not opposed this power structure. Many people hate it. But she has attempted to... She said, okay, this is the power structure. I want to be on top. Which is an amoral endorsement of it. So you have... This little scene here, where they actually do like a an alternate flashback, where he's losing his crap because of the virus, which doesn't really look too much like anyone else on the virus, because the the people in you know the, the envoys when they got hit with it, they killed themselves pretty freaking quickly. Um, so I think her deal is I'm a little fuzzy on the details. I know his his backup was attempted someone attempted to interfere with that and apparently that was an effect of the gunshot so here they have chip threaten to hurt her if she tries to defend herself again she's voiceless she has no voice in this she's always existed on the goodwill of others and now that will has changed because there's something that they would rather believe they've been taken in so as soon as he starts doing his upload she uses the gun to make him shoot himself in the stack and which which works and then Bancroft Bancroft takes it to another level and he goes oh i must have faked the upload cuz there's like an eye flutter thing to convince her to shoot me before it happened therefore the corrupted version of my dhl couldn't be shot back up and override my backup i could be restored from backup and still live ah <laughs> uh. And so the story hangs together. Bancroft gets to add a part where he's super clever and saved himself. And then Bancroft is like, nope, she's not going to go to jail. I'm like, this is predictable. So he takes all of her shit and he disbars her and he throws her out. And he's like, you're with the little people. I'm going to blackball you in the meth thing. You're in the meth society. You're going to have no job, and everyone's going to hate you, and you're ruined forever. And there's a little moment I didn't mention where Eva is about to do this, and she's like, we'll ruin this lady's life. And Eli's like, let's fucking ruin her, be ruined. So, oh, here he says, you're never going to leave the ground again. So he just destroys all of her hopes. <laughs> and as if that wasn't obvious, he going find a gutter and throw her in it. So... um. It's so unfair. And this is the game she's been playing. And it just worked against her. And she was outplayed by a novelty with a, a fantasy he was peddling. And we're done, you know, the series is over. Uh Kovac solved the case. The the big question mark for me is whether or not um you know, Kovacs is actually gonna get payment or Bancroft is gonna frickin' <laughs> stiffen. I'm like, what's the big thing here? Does it turn around? Is Chip supposed to like you know, like so you try to take down Kovacs? And Bancroft's like, wow, it's just dicketry and violence. That's a bit disappointing. We were just stewing in our own juices. Just filthy animals. And so Ray comes up, comes up in her new sleeve, and she's like, so that was cool. I thought you would betray me, and I want to see how this works. Like, dude, can you not discuss the conspiracy you're committing in the house of the guy you are committing the conspiracy against? Just. Man. <laughs> anyway. I don't. Th- there's still the mystery here where we don't exactly know what happened. Rileen one I don't know who Rileen is anyway I, I missed that the first time around because he's, ha- he's having another interlude where he imagines um Quell with them uh, <laughs> and he just talks about how he's ta- he's, he does the old thing where hey the best lie the best lies are the ones that have you know elements of truth in them And he's, he's going a long way to do that. So we, um, so yeah, she, she's going to call Mickey and get more stuff from him. Um, oh, this is the scene where he goes, I love you. Uh, when you get fired, I'll deny we ever met. So he, he becomes one of those likable supporting characters. Um, She gets more breadcrumbs because her last breadcrumbs went into a gutter. Well, these breadcrumbs kind of go into a gutter as well. I don't quite know. Because I don't think this is going to work out. This is her just doing an interior monologue because she has no one else in her life. I feel like she could have called her mom, maybe. But he's got to give her this information about the gene splice. Hmm. and so he pulls psychosec records and again the sisters a nobody which makes monitoring your accounts and managing your money difficult but whatever it's the future i still think it's weird they do everything with sleeves but um, they do everything with dna and yet people still re-sleeve all the time i don't know maybe there's like a <laughs> maybe they text your phone with like a backup password like people still have Oni's like as little contact lens that connects with a wrist computer, but they also have cell phones specifically just for getting text messages to reset their accounts. Oh God, that were scenes over. So I assume that this is the noodle shop right outside the police department. So then this guy just happens to be getting noodles there. I don't, um, I don't know why. I don't know why he ended up here for her to harass him. Maybe he just happens to get lunch within walking distance of where she is. I feel like maybe... I mean, this is a setup. So those those coincidences do not matter to us. But what about Ortega? Like, why does the coincidence not matter to her? Did she see him leaving his house and then follow him down? Um, to the scene of the crime. Not to the scene to the, to the noodle. Sorry, we're we're back we're back at Kovacs in the Bancroft's uh, drawing room or whatever. So I like how everyone here is so afraid to get fired that they can just be pressured for anything. Um, in a world where everybody's first slip can destroy them, people will go to any lengths to hide their slip ups. That's not a huge theme of this series, but it is a theme. I also think it's interesting that. See, I don't get this. There's a city in the clouds. It's a satellite of sin, apparently owned by the same people who own Poe. Ray says she owns industries with weaknesses of the flesh. So she possibly owns Poe and the satellite of love. And then Bancroft says he has a line. He doesn't cross. But what is that line? What, going to a BR fucked in? So he doesn't punish someone? So did he punish someone? Did he cross the line on Stallion? Was he killed the night that Mary Lou Hinchy was killed? How many whores can one man kill in a night? I don't know, I just don't get it. I don't get the, the relationship. Maybe he's never killed anyone but only existed in virtual. Maybe this is all in virtual. I don't know. So Kovacs is figuring it out, but we get really nothing on that which I don't I don't begrudge. So Kovacs don't blow this by suddenly breaking the case and telling Bancroft the truth. So yeah like a little note they don't speak of it. they don't even um, dwell on it. Bancroft walks in and says, alright, here, here's your pardon, puts it onto his own desk on a stamper, stamps it, and gives it to motherfucking Kovacs. Bancroft was the only one who can get Kovacs out of deep sleep because he's a terrorist. Who signs a pardon for Osama Bin Laden? The President of the United States. So Bancroft is like the President, and that's why he burns up a sleeve giving gifts to frickin' uh, bio-victims. And a couple episodes back. Because he's the president. He's doing a photo op. So Bancroft is the president. And no one gives a fuck. He, it's just a little easier for him to kill motherfuckers. That's what he called the quitter spy. He's leading her into a trap here. He knows that. Maybe someone shot him a message on his own. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but he's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Even though it's totally a trap that he's supposed to go through with. And she's like, do it. And then he does it. And then he locks her in here. For the nadir of this episode and possibly the goddamn series. So she found a gene trace. So she goes to the bio bed of... To the clone storage facility of the lady who rescued her and Kovacs from Carnage and Carnage's people and then who stole Kobax? desperately looking for a clue to figure out what's going on with Kobax, She sees the sword, she sees the lady, but it being bada boom, it's the same lady. So, she says, I'm gonna need all the information you have on this lady. He like closes the door and locks her in for the boss fight, because that's what this is. This is a motherfucking boss fight. A boss fight where the boss can't count goddamn bullets. It's so fucking stupid. Like I get that one of the messages of this series is rich people are indulgent and become stupid and complacent. I, I get it, man. But at the same time, there is such a thing as too fucking stupid. Like, just dumb as hell. This, it's such a convoluted assassination plan where I'm going to attack a police officer who is armed with a gun with my naked clones you know what she could do she could call the police Tanaka just fired Ortega and uh, Tanaka let her steal a Russian assassin guilty of like big level crimes she has makeup on anyway Accused of big level crimes from his police station. So, like, what? <laughs> Just call the cops. Call the cops, Kovac's sister. Just call them. You're a citizen. Oh, and here's there's a big pillar in the middle of the room. And this experienced police detective approaches within one foot of the pillar with a gun. With a gun. With a gun. She has a ranged weapon. You don't need to get close to anyone with a gun. So then, for no reason, Ray, Ray freaking shoves glass, attacks, um, attacks motherfucking Ortega, stabs her with some glass, and then dies. So every time she breaks out of these little cribs, she gets like a whole pane of glass that gets broken. There's a bunch of glass on the floor right now. Um, So now other rays, because it's a big tube full of clones, other rays are now waking up, busting out of their, their sleeping pods, putting more glass on the floor, and they're all naked. They're all buck naked. So at this point, they're popping out of tubes, and Ortega's just shooting them. Just shooting them. Like they're just shock troops. Don't use your expensive clones that cost a lifetime's worth of income for an average citizen as expendable shock troops. Like, what the hell? And then no one does math. It's like, wow, how many bulls does that gun carry? Fifteen? Oh, wow. And I have how many clones? Fourteen. That's a problem. Maybe she'll miss once. So she winged one of the clones, so... Now, now they're gonna have a hand-to-hand fight because that's the that's just the first stage of the boss battle. So we're taking us to use our robot arm again to block swords and shit. Like, again, they do the thing. They do the thing from 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 Total Recall, where they attack someone with a really expensive piece of equipment like an idiot, and they get angry their expensive piece of equipment got broken. Bitch, you're the one who tried to attack her by drowning her in hundred-dollar bills, like. Don't be angry when she turns a fan on and it all blows out the window, you fucking moron. God. Just, it feels like all of this could have been avoided. See, once you grapple with the lady who has a robot arm, I mean, fuck you. I like that, I like that, um, with her human hand, because she's, she's not smart either. Or take Ortega grabs a handful of glass and smashes it into this lady's face. But it's like, as soon as you grapple with Madame McFucking Robot Arm, who, by the way, punches a lady so hard, you can see her ribs crack on the other side, which I completely approve of. Again, it's an issue of leverage, but I think you can put it together. I, th- I think it works. Um, robot Arm. So anyway, she defeated stage two of the boss. So now she's up for a cutscene, because a door magically opens. It's just... <laughs> Ugh. Again, it's so convoluted. Like, what even is Ray's plan with goddamn Ortega? She can kill or take Ortega anytime she wants. She's a Methuselah. She can just hire a fucking. She can hire Jango Fett to just kill her. Because we're fucking in the goddamn Clone Wars. Fucking. You know, give me the choice between Jedi and fucking Robocops. And I'll take Robocops to fight Waves. Oh, the Jedi didn't fight the clones at first. I don't know, man late, I want this over with Uh, so Ray transferred into the body of the girl that she was in whenever she uh, talked to Kovacs in the museum way back in episode 2 or 3 I think so I guess after breaking into this place and murdering a bunch of clones Ortega's just gonna take this girl home who's then just gonna stab her at the near who can't do anything for motherfucking um Ray, this girl living with Ortega, can't do anything for Ray that Ray couldn't have done at any time. Like, she's got the little the little bugs that Mustache Watch was using to watch Kovacs and, and Mrs. Bancroft have sex. She's got those. She could keep tabs on Ortega at any point in time with her little micro machines. And, and she just kill Ortega whenever. So, what is the point even? Especially if Kovacs knows what the girl looks like So she can't even use that to get close to Kovacs Makes no sense This was the best of episodes It was the worst of episodes Fuck this show